And I've never seen a student response be so high on the positive end. I'm like, I like this because I get to work with my friends or I like this because I see myself and my people's history in this classroom or I like this because I know how to manage my time better and I was struggling to do that before. And so in all of the ways that we want to see our students grow, especially from the transition to middle school to high school. You're listening to the Ed Curation Podcast. We bring you stories from educational leaders about the instructional resources, practices, and movements that are reshaping learning. I've had at least 15 students who have increased more than four grade levels. He used theater as a tool to make great human beings. My expectations are high for all of them. One of the things that I really love about teaching is the fact that every day is sort of unique and different and strange. Project-based learning, sometimes called problem-based learning or just PBL, is all the rage. It's student-led, inquiry-based, and highly engaging, all the things we want learning to be. But it takes planning and careful structuring, and for many of us it requires a big shift in our pedagogy. Today we're going to hear from three educators about a resource that customizes curriculum and provides the teacher training and support to carry you successfully through that shift. We were especially excited about these interviews because at Ed Curation, as an instructional resource marketplace, we hear from a lot of districts who are particularly dissatisfied with the choices available for social studies and history curriculum. If that's you, pull up a chair, you're going to want to listen in. And if you work in other content areas like science, you're also going to want to stick around because this integrated cross-content learning resource is like no other we've seen here at Ed Curation. I come from three different Indigenous tribes here. Um, And so education um, was always sort of in my family. We grew up, you know, with multi-generational discussions around the table. And I'm not sure that I necessarily always knew that I was going to be a teacher, but I knew that I was going to be a lifelong learner. I told Jennifer that I've talked to very few district leaders who are happy with their social studies and history programs. And she was, first of all, not surprised. And second, super excited to share what her district is doing. Right. And I can completely understand that having um, taught in multiple districts, it, you know, often leads to preparing your own materials and sort of sourcing yes. your own lessons because there's a lack of um, strong and rigorous material that would also feel authentic to the world that we live in today. Our district felt sort of the same way as all of the superintendents and various districts that you've spoken to. Our school district's very diverse. We serve over 43,000 students. And also there are 110 languages represented in our school district. So we're one of the most diverse school districts in the country. So rather than looking for materials that we would try to fit into our district, we ended up partnering with Educurious to create our own. We call it called the nest egg is actually written through historical fiction. So if you can imagine, we're trying to engage third grade students. Mm -hmm. And within the nest egg, it's a story of a fictitious third grade classroom in which their teacher has an egg, and that's um, hence the nest egg, Mm -hmm. where the students are able to travel back into time. 
And what happens in the storyline is they visit the various regions of Alaska and study the indigenous people. And they travel back into time um, all the way from the 1700s to the 1960s, if you can imagine. Okay. And the, in the storyline, the students are able to um, learn about what it would be like to be a child in that area during that era. We were able to partner with Educurious to create curriculum that aligned with this student reader. And it's project-based curriculum. And um, the beauty of it is it's very rigorous and it aligns to the skill set that we want our students to know and be able to learn as they leave third grade because it builds a foundation. So Jennifer's district created their own customized project-based learning history and social studies curriculum with the help of EduCurious. But I'm going to back up just a bit for those of you saying, wait, what exactly is EduCurious? What I learned is that they're pretty unique and they don't really fall neatly into a category. So this resource is actually, uh, the, the surface statement would be that it's a project-based learning curriculum. And I think that that is one of the key aspects, but it is just one of the components. The nice thing about the units is that they kind of teach the teachers how to do problem-based learning. Once they learn how to do it, they can interject topics and ideas and place-based kinds of um, problems for their own area with their students. So I think that that flexibility is something that's very different. This is secondary science teacher, Shannon Hecklesmiller, currently serving as a K-12 science coordinator. Her school piloted the Educurious Science units just prior to the pandemic, and they appreciated both the flexibility to be able to shift lessons around without interrupting a sequence, and to get the real-time support and advice from the Educurious staff as they sought to address the three dimensions of the next generation science standards. The next gen standards are very different in that you have that content component, but then you also have the science and engineering practices, which are the ways that students are going to do the science. And then you also have the cross-cutting concepts, which is really my favorite part and something that Educurious does very well, which is um, making connections to systems thinking, to cause and effect, to uh, change, stability, all of these different cross-cutting connections that could go hand in hand with social studies or with language arts. I always love it when you can take content areas and integrate them together, because I think that's how we learn best. You said something about one of the reasons that you chose that, that Ed Curious was chosen. So were you part of the selection process in your district? Yes, and I've actually been part of the selection in two districts. In the larger district, I first was introduced to Educurious in 2016. And at that time, it was um, more of a suburban urban high school that has a lot of diversity and they were trying to reach this wide range of students and felt that Educurious was providing this kind of new to them idea of, of using um, real world problems to allow students to have some agency in their learning and really see that they could apply it to something that they cared deeply about. When I moved to the district that I'm in now, um, the teachers actually were asking about something more next generation aligned and also more problem based. So what we did initially, actually our ninth grade um, biology, uh, they piloted first. Okay. They loved it immediately. They they've um, 
honed in on the the um, strategies and the the constructs of problem based learning and just have really gravitated to it and they they love it. So then I took the middle school teachers to the high school so that they could talk to the kids who are their former students. Is it comprehensive? This is your this is your science curriculum. Yes. So for us, for grades six, seven, eight, and nine, Educurious is our curriculum. One thing I kept hearing was about the ease and appeal of being able to integrate learning across content areas. This gives students connections and context for their learning that automatically increases interest and ownership. The problems that they are looking at within the science curriculum branch out into other societal issues or governmental issues. Uh, For example, one of the problems that they are looking at in the ninth grade group is about the killer whales in the Puget Sound region. Mm -hmm. And that is something where you're looking at uh, environmental protections, mm-hmm. uh, uh, components of um, looking at even um, our indigenous tribes and how they look at the Puget Sound region. So there's just a lot of other components that would fall into that social studies connection. Yeah. Um, so if you were doing a fully integrated school setup and you had had made your classes that way, you could use it there. And for us, even though it is a science class, those connections and again tying to those cross-cutting concepts within the standards mm-hmm. uh, are are very clear the next gen standards were definitely written with that in mind okay of bringing in language arts bringing in social studies bringing in math um in uh, a real way where it would be applied at the place where it makes sense and doesn't yeah. feel like an add-on Aside from the cross-content integration inherent in PBL, what seems to set EduCurious apart from the many PBL resources flooding the market is the professional learning and the customization. We piloted the eighth grade curriculum for one of the years that I was there, and then we actually partnered with EduCurious the last two years I was there to build out a sixth and seventh grade curriculum. And so they also helped us write a curriculum that didn't yet exist. This is Ashley Martinez-Dublin. She is currently the Director of Operations at Root Ed, a Denver-based nonprofit that supports and funds autonomous charter schools. But she, like many teachers, has had a lot of different roles. So I worked for five years at Strive Prep, which is a Denver charter school. I taught one year of seventh grade English language arts, four years of eighth grade U.S. history. I was a cheerleading coach at one point. I was an interventionist librarian para- Ashley's school, just like Jennifer's district, was less than satisfied with their existing social studies and history programs, and they also wanted something more customized than the one-size-fits-all options available. So actually, in my second year at Strive, which was my first year teaching history, Strive went through kind of their own internal audit process of curriculum and resources. And at the time, all history curriculum was just being developed internally Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a lot of feedback from teachers, including myself, on just like, this isn't good enough. We're not doing enough for our students. Um, and so science and world studies actually went on a curriculum search. We aren't like reflecting our students in our history classes um, and we can do much better. Um, Educurious provided us a curriculum that met all of the criteria we were looking for um, mm-hmm. that really was going to set our kids up for success, not only academically, but with the the life skills and everything else you learn with project-based learning. 
So EduCurious provided a framework, training, and ongoing support to all three of these districts to help them create project-based learning units that fit their population and priorities like a soft and beautiful glove. Here's Jennifer again. We have six units in our curriculum, and two of the units are project-based learning, and, and were developed in partnership with EduCurious. And then it was amazing because EduCurious was able to travel up here and deliver some professional development to what we call our teacher design team. When Jennifer says travel up here, just remember that she's talking about Alaska. The two project-based learning units that EduCurious um, helped design, one of them is called Cultural Strength and Change. And it looks at the southern region, southwestern region of Alaska, the, the Unangan and Sukhbiat people. And we look, the, we look at the values, the native values of, the, of those people and um, some of the life changes that they experienced and how those native values helped them to thrive and flourish through um, difficult situations. The two difficult situations um, in this module are in this unit are the eruption of the Katmai, um, which is a large mountain where a volcanic eruption happened, and it really impacted the people in that region. And then the other one is the arrival of the Russians. The second unit that's project-based learning in our curriculum is called Using the Power in Our Voices. And um, this is where we're looking at the northern region of Alaska and the Inupiat people. There are a lot of natural resources, as many people know, in the state of Alaska, probably more than any other state. But what we're doing in this unit is students are able to look at what does it mean to be an advocate or what does advocacy look like and how do we advocate for Alaska's natural resources. Mm. And I think that this is something that was very important to us to instill in young students, such as third graders, um, to understand that even at a young age, there's power in your voice and you have the capability to advocate for yourself, your community, and your state. Again, for all three of these educators' schools and districts, project-based learning was brand new and required a huge shift in instructional practices. I asked them to talk about the learning curve. Here's Ashley. I live by the belief that, like, if you have a question, you are not the only person in the room who has a question, which I used to tell my students all the time, like, please raise your hand. So I was like, hey, what is project-based learning? Because mm -hmm. I believe we all have no clue. Um, and I think the best way to compare it, um, at least in our setting, was like before was kind of like a lecture style class. It was very much a model of like, I, as the teacher, almost hold all of the knowledge that I am now imparting on you in this very non-collaborative way versus project-based learning where I like to describe it as hands-on learning where the teacher and the students are all like working together to come to an understanding, whether it's content, a new skill, we're working on a project, we are co-collaborating that learning process. And it's more of a like, we're all in this together and we'll build this knowledge together versus me being the holder of everything that I'm now handing off to you. And what is the difference with what kids are doing? Yeah, so I would say pre-project-based learning, my classroom looked like a lot of note-taking, a lot of 
holding on to things in a notebook because we have a test on Friday. So here's what you're going to study versus we are going to engage. In this case, we had an online platform, um, but we're engaging collaboratively. So my students were assigned to groups of four to five, depending on the class size, where they work together and work their way through the lessons. There were videos and activities that they could do together. Project America specifically looks at U.S. history timelines through the lens of all peoples who were in the United States at that time. And so ironically, like different groups in my class would be studying different, you know, populations at that time and then would come back together as a class to teach the other groups what they learned while then taking notes on what their other classmates learned. And then at the end of every unit, they're producing some sort of public product. And so it's not just, all right, I learned the content. I took the test. I've checked that off. Like they're really putting in um, a work on a project that they can share with the public to really say, like, I learned this and I'm owning this learning and this is how I'm sharing it with you, which is very different than anything else we were doing before. Shannon gave us her own before and after snapshot regarding her science program. One thing that we have done differently is that we are teaching these combinations of things that we wouldn't necessarily have done before. We've got a lot of environmental science infused into the biology that they're teaching. Mm -hmm. So when they are teaching about uh, DNA, it is not just, oh, this week we're going to learn about DNA and the structure and the function that's in there, but it is all inside of a problem that they are looking at, which is they're looking at heredity of some certain traits that cause some disease and disorders. And so they're doing it within that phenomenon and then learning about the genetics as they need it to understand the phenomenon that they are researching. So it's so, led with a question. Right. right or a problem that we're solving which motivates the learning exactly okay. exactly and the same with um at middle school in fact right now they are starting a brand a new unit called slime invasion and it is about um algae blooms mm -hmm. and what happens to the water when you have an algae bloom so again it's got an environmental component but then within that, you're learning about, oh, well, how are these plant cells and these algae cells different from, say, animals that also live in the water that would be single-celled kinds of organisms or multicellular organisms? Or um, how do they reproduce? Is it different than how other things reproduce? So then they learn about reproduction. They learn about photosynthesis, again, related to that affects the bloom and, and how that's operating. And then how does it affect other kinds of organisms that maybe are underneath that algae bloom now can't get the sunlight. Yeah. So all of those components, instead of being kind of discrete things that you would teach separately, are now encompassed within the problem that they're learning about or the phenomenon that they're studying. How does the role of the teacher change? Yeah, and that's, that's a big piece. So the teacher is much more in that facilitation role. One change in addition to that is that you're allowing students to be wrong. Um, to learn by doing, not by me telling them 
oh, that wasn't correct. You need to do this. And that's that's a big change. We don't want them to be wrong. And yet that part where they didn't understand something and then they see that they are learning and that they do understand something, um, that is a really important piece that I think that we've often missed in the past. So another thing that's a big difference is using um, uh, thinking models and having the students initially uh, you know, perhaps draw a model of what they think is happening. Uh, so but for example, for um, plate tectonics, uh, they actually kind of draw out what they think initially. What do they think the inside of the earth might look like? Instead of starting with, here is a little worksheet with the layers now label them. Mm-hmm. So that's a very, it can be a different way of presenting material. And sometimes teachers are concerned, oh, but if I don't tell them, how are they going to find out? It's like, well, you you will be telling them and they will be finding out through the articles and the videos and the activities and all of these things. But we actually want the students to see that change in their learning. So another thing within Educurious, which is an ambitious science teaching strategy, is using um, summary tables. And a summary table basically has the student put down, here's the activity that I did, here's what I learned, and here's how it will apply to my project that I'm working on. And the project is introduced very early. It is not a project that you assign the last week of the unit. Oh, now we're going to build a volcano at the end. No, it is early on. They receive the rubric. They know what kind of what the expectations are going to be. They won't fully understand the project until later, but little by little all the way along, they're going to say, oh, now I know why I learned that. I need to apply it over here. Another change is that you are doing a lot of formative assessments along the way and using those to actually help the students change their understanding, not just for little check-in grades along or, you know, it's yeah. it's as much for them to see their understanding, not just for me to put points in the grade book. So that's a big difference. For Jennifer, the Educurious curriculum represented a district-wide adoption where none of the teachers had ever implemented project-based learning at all. So in addition to the team from Educurious, they pulled together a teacher design team and cultural consultants from all different regions of Alaska. They were able to review materials to help us um, ensure that we were providing a culturally authentic and humble way of presenting the history and native values of um, the indigenous people in Alaska. What an exciting accomplishment to have achieved that level of collaboration. Jennifer, I'd love for you to give our listeners a picture of the role that Educurious played in that collaboration. Well, it was, it was awesome because um, the, the curriculum is written with utilizing the C3 framework, which is the college career and civic life social study, our framework for social studies standards. And it's an inquiry-based model, but also the Alaska standards for culturally responsive schools. Um, And Educurious was able to also couple that with teaching our team about project-based learning and how that looks for students. Thinking about the project launch that happens, the project work that goes on, and then the culminating product that happens in project-based learning. They provided a framework 
and open-ended questions in order for our team to design what we needed. What I appreciated about working with Educurious is that it wasn't just like a one and done. This is, has been an ongoing relationship where we were working together for a couple of years in order for them to um, help guide us through the PBL framework, they had to learn about so many different things in Alaska and the indigenous people of Alaska. And they had to double check are the resources we're using um, authentic to the area. And so it was a lot of hard work, but meaningful work and a true partnership. Talking to these educators gave me the sense that Educurious is definitely the go-to for any school or district who is dissatisfied with their social studies, science, or history curriculum, and or wants to make a shift toward project-based learning. But it was also pretty clear that the shift takes some serious effort. Was it worth it? I mean, I wanted to hear about student outcomes. Here's Jennifer. And I will tell you that I approached students to ask the question, what do you like about your new social studies curriculum? And I wanted to make sure that the question I asked was open-ended so that I wasn't leading students into giving me a response. During the pandemic, when um, student participation across the country could be low, especially mm -hmm. at secondary school, um, we had pretty high participation. Kids were still attending to their science time. We were able to put a lot of the information into a digital notebook for the kids. Mm -hmm. um, all of the resources, uh, Educurious makes them available through Canvas if your district uses Canvas. Or for us, we're a Google district, so they just give us all the files. So they gave us all the files with the slide decks, um, embedded videos, student worksheets, vocabulary sheets, uh, student models. So a lot of this information was already in the folders for the teachers to use mm -hmm. and pull from, but we could easily modify it because it was in our Google Drive. That was Shannon, and Ashley had this to add. I would say engagement was significantly higher, um, simply even because you can work with your friends. I know a lot of, you know, middle schoolers, they like to chat and engage. Um, I would also say the the year we piloted, um, Strive Prep is a network of seven schools. At the time, six of our seven had eighth grade classes. And so the first year we did the project-based learning, three classes piloted and three classes stuck with the traditional curriculum, simply so we can compare outcomes, both qualitative and quantitative. Mm -hmm. And the students who did the project-based learning scored higher on standardized test than the students who didn't and self responded that their engagement and enjoyment of the class was higher. And we continued to do those surveys long after that pilot year to get feedback from students about, do you like this model? What do you like about it? What can, you know, we change to make it more beneficial. And I've never seen a student response be so high on the positive end on like, I like this because I get to work with my friends or I like this because I see myself and my people's history in this classroom or I like this because like I know how to manage my time better and I was like struggling to do that before. Yeah. And so um, in all of the ways that we want to see our students grow, especially from the transition to middle school to high school, they were gaining skills that they weren't getting before in the traditional classroom setting. Yeah. So great. So my understanding, too, is that Educurious 
it's kind of unique because it provides this project-based learning, but they also have a an overlap uh, or a lens of social emotional learning and reinforcing literacy. Can you talk about how those things are integrated? Yeah. So why I loved why we selected Educurious as a network was because of those components. All of the units take into consideration not just the academics that we want students to gain, but those critical life skills and have checkpoints to evaluate and assess all of those things. And so there are places throughout the beginning, middle, and end of each unit where students can check in with each other or with their teachers. Students can show, I'm really good at time management, but I'm really bad at organization. Or like, I'm really struggling because this content is really heavy to me emotionally and I want to learn it. But how do I like internally overcome the things that are pressuring me about it? And we leave it open-ended for students to say, this is where I'm strong at. This is where I'm weak at. This is what I need help with. And the classroom is built in a way that you can seek that support from a classmate. You can seek that support from the teacher. We can all internally as a classroom try and problem solve for whatever the, the problem is. And that type of environment is created because of the way that units are built and because of the community building that intentionally happens as you work your way through um, each lesson, which doesn't exist or hadn't existed in my experience in a classroom prior to um, us adopting the Educurious curriculum. Yeah. And I think that's so helpful for teachers too, because right now, they're having to layer on so much. So anytime you can find a curriculum where that stuff is already woven in and you're you're able to address multiple standards at once without a lot of extra work and planning, I think that's a win. I agree. Sure. Big win. So is so you said that was one of the definitely a big part of the reason why your district chose Educurious maybe over some of the other options. Were there other reasons why you chose Educurious over other choices? Yeah, so I think a lot of how Educurious presents history is another reason. My favorite quote as a history teacher is like, history is written by the victors, and you get only one narrative of history. Mm -hmm. And Educurious, um, specifically with this history curriculum, tries to give all sides of history from all perspectives um, and intentionally does not leave out any narratives. My students heard about the Mexican-American War, which we then looked at from the side of Mexico, which is called the Mexican Invasion. But then they also learned about this group of San Patricios who were U.S. soldiers who defected to the Mexican side. And they were like, oh, this is really cool. And they get to see these positive stories of their own people that you don't hear in a traditional history class. And I think the the reason why we chose that curriculum is because our students for the vast majority of all of our schools are students of color and they just were not seeing themselves in the classroom. And part of the overhaul that happened, both with the choice of Educurious and some of the other changes that happened in other subject areas, were like, how do we bring not just windows into our classrooms where students can see other people's stories, but how do we bring mirrors into our classrooms as well, Mm -hmm. where they can see themselves in a positive light, not always with a negative narrative around that. 
It's important to note that all of these schools and districts have committed to ongoing professional learning to support and ensure the success of the teachers making this seismic shift to project-based learning. And Educurious has been a huge part of that. Here's Jennifer. Educurious and myself teamed together to create a course all on project-based learning. And we use these two units and studied the background of project-based learning first, and then teachers were able to analyze each of the units and be able to recognize elements within each unit that represent the background knowledge that we gave them in project-based learning. Okay. Um, it's a rigorous process for teachers, and it's going to be ongoing. But what I appreciate is that Educurious has always been, um, like I said, creating a strong and meaningful partnership in which they're able to use their expertise in PBL to continue to help educators in our district grow. But I think that they can already see um, the importance and the meaning behind what this offers students, because it really is student-driven. You can almost instantaneously see the engagement level rise. And when teachers can see that right away, then the buy-in becomes much stronger. The final product is immeasurably stronger than other, other curriculum that I've looked at. It's the first time that our, stu our Indigenous students were able to see themselves represented in curriculum. Yeah. And parents, I had parents respond, uh, Indigenous parents that have seen the curriculum have responded in tears because they wished that they were able to go through something like this when they were in school. There is no way we could have done this without Educurious. Shannon reinforced that there's just no way around the professional learning investment to ensure teacher and student success. One of the things that they would, that a district would need to consider is the amount of professional development that is needed for the teachers to really understand the strategies um, within teaching this. For an example, um, one of the underpinnings of how the the units, the teaching strategies are set up is that they are based on ambitious science teaching practices, which came out of the University of Washington. And so those practices um, and having a, some understanding of that and of problem-based learning will be crucial. Okay. Um, because I can tell you that some teachers, when they first look at the units, may be a little overwhelmed because it's not, it's not this linear, today's lesson is name the parts of the cell kind of lesson. Mm -hmm. okay. And so that can take some more, um, just some more additional support. I also think that having a collaborative team of teachers so that you don't have a teacher all by themselves Doing trying it. to work through it. We had a, have had and continue to have a high level of collaboration, um, at least within buildings where there's at minimum three teachers mm -hmm. that are working together can talk to each other about how the units are going about places where there might be challenges. Uh, so that's been really helpful. Here's what I learned about the amount of professional development needed and offered. You could purchase Educurious's existing units and you'll receive a one-day onboarding delivered either live or remote for each unit. You can also get ongoing weekly or bi-weekly coaching support. It's a significant investment for sure, so I wanted to inspire listeners by closing with some specific success stories from individual teachers and students, because those stories are the reason we are in this profession, trying to provide the best learning experience possible. 
Here's Shannon reading a letter from one of the paraprofessionals in her district who has a strong science background and works with both SPED and ELL students. She said, I'm impressed with the level of excitement I see in our students. The curriculum is fresh and current and directly applies to our region, the Puget Sound. The first unit is biodiversity of life, and we are actually studying native orca populations, comparing, contrasting them to each other and the orca found globally. But this is just the beginning. Educurious has masterfully woven in lessons on natural selection, classification, evolution, fossils, speciation, and scientific writing strategies using many varied forms of cutting edge technology, mm -hmm. uh, using interactive computer programs to learn. They are reading scientific papers written by real scientists and gleaning facts from them and learning how to make scientific claims and then finding evidence to support them. Students are watching short videos of real-time scientists doing real science. I'm proud to share that I see these students being engaged and learning and feeling successful. That's in all caps, by the way. Oh. Asking amazing questions, just like real scientists themselves. So good. So, and that was an uninitiated by me email that she sent to me last year. Yeah, um, she was so happy. Yes. And I've heard from many of the teachers that they're like, I never knew that, whatever the thing is that they're now finding out about, because we are able to draw very current information into these units instead of, I mean, I'll be honest, I taught from the same middle school science book. It was the same book in our room for 18 years. Ooh. So it's very cold, it's very dry, and it's very out of date. Well, and out of date, science is changing. I mean, almost by the time you publish a science book, it's obsolete. Ashley echoed the increased engagement and also shared a story of one of her school's lowest performing students who suddenly became engaged during their interactive unit on the Oregon Trail. Once he entered into the learning in his social studies class, that enthusiasm started transferring to all of his other content areas. Out of the hundreds of students I've taught, um, his story sticks out to me. He started like making connections between what we were learning in history and then the units they were doing in ELA and like asking questions. I'm like, hey, we, we talked about civil rights today in ELA. Like, is that the same thing over here in the Constitution? I was like, absolutely. That's the exact same thing. But the, the biggest success for me was that he stood up on a panel of students, unprepared to speak about his own educational experience over the course of the year in front of the board of our network, and then did it a second time in front of teachers and came in on a a day when he didn't have school and the teachers had an in-service day and like spoke about how this curriculum got him engaged and how he went from like being this like mediocre at best student to like really showing up and wanting to be present in the class and work with his peers and actually learn the content that was coming his way because we were engaging him in a different way than he had ever experienced prior to that. Did he say what it was about the curriculum or the experience or the lesson that caused him to have that switch over? He always just describes like he just needed that one thing to like make him want to engage and get to know everyone else around him, mm -hmm. which then made him want to continue to be successful with the rest of his peers who were, you know, pulling him along and wanting him to be successful as well. Those kinds of experiences change a student's whole trajectory. It changes their destiny. It does. It's, it's going to change 
the life that that person goes on to live. And that's what we get to do as educators. It is, and I will take that with me forever. You can learn more about EduCurious through the links in the episode notes, and you can find them at edcuration.com. That's E-D-C-U-R-A-T-I-O-N.com. Search EduCurious, and once on their page, you'll find a short video, all of their research, efficacy, and standards alignment documents. You can ask a question, schedule a demo, or request a quote. You'll also see ratings and reviews from other educators, and you can save EduCurious to your EdCuration dashboard and easily create side-by-side comparison spreadsheets with one easy click. Finding the just right resources for your population and priorities has never been easier. At EdCuration, we know that educators value hearing from other educators. So if you find the podcast helpful, we hope you'll like us, share us, rate us, and review us so we can keep sharing the favorite resources of teachers and leaders everywhere. And if you have a favorite resource you'd like to share with our podcast audience or recommend to the EdCuration Marketplace, we invite you to contact us through our website. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll be back next week for another episode of the EdCuration Podcast, where we're reshaping learning. Mm -hmm.